On this podcast, we explore fantastical thinking, moral panics, urban legends, conspiracy theories, hoaxes, and crazes, examine the forces that shape our culture, and tell the stories that create the realities we share, and sometimes the realities we don't. I'm your host, Chelsea Weber-Smith, and this is American Hysteria. Sea monkeys, the amazing instant pets for the whole family. In just 24 hours, you can actually hatch your own sea scamp circus. They're alive. They're off on the amazing live sea monkey ski trials. Hey, these are brine shrimp. I used to feed them to my fish. I got ripped off! While making this episode, I asked my mom if I had ever had sea monkeys as a kid because I felt somewhere deep inside the cloudy water of my briny brain a microscopic memory of that little circus of sea scamps, as they were called in the early advertising copy. She said, yes, they had inhabited our home for a short time in the early 1990s, though she recalled little else, estimating my age to be around five and following up vaguely with, it was a weird time. When I asked her to elaborate, she shrugged. It was a weird time, I'm sure, for reasons more profound than the sea monkeys in the corner of my bedroom, but I feel like those specks swimming in circles with their thousand centipede-like flippers, each slowly growing one bulging eye in the center of their translucent heads, probably added to the feeling. The only other thing my mom had to say was this, I think you lost interest pretty quick. And why wouldn't I have? These allegedly incredible pets were presented by the advertisements as nothing less than a joyful miniature family of aquatic humanoids, but arrived as nothing more than a bunch of brine shrimp, usually used as live fish food in the glowing blue aquarium aisles of pet stores. Sea monkeys were patented and sold for the first time in the early 1960s, reaching their stride in the 70s and re-emerging as a craze in the early 90s for their 30th anniversary and in the early 2000s for their 40th. Millions of children over the decades have received their mail-order kits through comic books or through their local toy stores. Millions have ripped open the packets and dumped the powder into plastic tanks, gazing through the provided magnifying ring to catch a glimpse of America's most beloved pets, ones that had an endless series of plastic accoutrements, including the patented Amazing Live Sea Monkeys Real Aquarium wristwatch that carried up to two sea monkeys at a time in a plastic bubble for all your friends to admire in awe, mouths agape in astonishment that yes, magic is real. But of course, what they would really see swimming around your yellow plastic watch face wouldn't result in anything resembling a spiritual experience, no matter what the ad copy said. The pop cultural influence of sea monkeys is massive, so embedded as a plot point in various kinds of media that TVTropes.com calls it sea aping. These underwhelming underwater iotas have appeared directly in or been parodied on The Simpsons, Roseanne, Desperate Housewives, Arthur, Pepper Ann, Tiny Toon Adventures, SpongeBob, Sea Chimps, huh? Rugrats, That's them, Tommy, the sea buddies. I don't know. They look just like a bunch of specks to me. And perhaps most famously, South Park. 
Okay, let's just run through this one more time. When the sea people arrive, I will welcome them to South Park as ambassador of Earth. Tweak, you give them the key to the city, and we'll all engage them in simple conversation. We've got to make sea people feel comfortable, okay? Ready? Ready, let's see them. Hold the sign up, Kyle. What the f*** is this? Hey, these are brine shrimp. I used to feed them to my fish. I got ripped off! I told you, Cartman. Just to date the following 90s ad with absolute precision, one of the cartoon sea monkeys depicted has a full goatee. It's absolutely unhinged. Monkeys, real live fun. Each set sold separately comes with everything you see here. We're In 1992, Howie Mandel swung for the creepiest of fences, producing at the time the most expensive children's show in Saturday morning CBS history. The absolutely surrealist fever dream that was the amazing live sea monkeys. Using revolting prosthetics to approximate the famous cartoon advertisements, they transformed actors into a group of uncanny valley sea monkeys, made human-sized by a scientific blunder on the part of their ambiguously accented professor, played, of course, by Howie Mandel himself. In this clip, the sea monkey guys attempt to date a human woman. Hi, I'm Heather. <laughs> Are you having trouble finding that special someone? Well, so are a thousand other attractive, superficial people. Superficial people? That's us! Just call 555-DATE. Let's call! Suffice to say, the show was tragically cringe and was canceled after just 11 episodes. But never fear. It appears that sea monkeys themselves can never be canceled, even if they were linked to neo-Nazi activities in the late 1980s. But we'll get there. Sea monkeys even went to space in 1998 as an experiment for a Pittsburgh public school science class. Astronaut John Glenn took a packet of eggs with him on a space shuttle mission and proved that the dust could still burst into life even after facing the dangerous rays of outer space. Over the decades, sea monkeys have become a kind of shorthand for hyperbolic exaggeration in marketing, for this mild kind of false advertising referred to as puffery. The brine shrimp, described in the ad copy as thrilling, astonishing, promising to bring with them a multitude of miracles, and to be for each child the most adorable and fun-loving pets ever to exist. If the fabulous world of amazing live sea monkeys demonstrates anything, it's that American capitalism makes childhood a very weird time. show, we've talked a lot about how childhood, as we know it, is a relatively recent cultural construction, starting in the Victorian upper classes and eventually trickling down to the middle and working classes, after child labor laws meant that kids actually got to be kids instead of working in dangerous factories and mines while smoking a pack a day. 
There was suddenly this new class of potential consumers. And with the booming post-war economy in the suburbanized 1950s, there was a lot more money to spend on things beyond the bare necessities of their recent pasts. Advertisers were well aware of this new children's market, recognizing them as mini-consumers themselves. Prior to the 1950s, those who were selling toys marketed them to parents, trying to convince the adults that their products had educational value for their kids. But with the massive popularity of comic books, there were millions of little potential buyers who lacked the critical thinking skills of more credulous adults. Starting way back in the second half of the 1800s, the novelty industry developed alongside the toy industry, and they utilized the fast and cheap advancements of the Industrial Revolution to pump out cheap goods at unprecedented rates, items that were of little to no actual value beyond simple amusement. Appealing to the fanciful side of human nature, the novelty items were most often sold in mail-order catalogs that contained dozens, if not hundreds, of pages of just the wackiest shit. There were practical jokes like fake vomit, exploding cigars, and switchblade combs. Some were tricks like the magic chain escape or the floating dancing hanky. And then there were the exaggerated promises of X-ray specs that allowed you to see through clothes and skin. But what they received were a pair of cardboard glasses with an unconvincing optical illusion. Seven-foot monster-sized monsters promised to shock your friends with their lifelike appearance, but they were actually just tall graphic posters made of a plastic sheet. Then there was the you-control life-size ghost that could obey your commands. That was essentially a balloon with a face on it, a plastic shroud, and a spool of fishing line. And my personal favorite, a pendant containing genuine soil from Dracula's castle, aka a tiny plastic coffin-shaped charm with dirt in it which I absolutely want. One such novelty item that proved harder to pull off, but was also wildly popular with kids, was the biological novelty. One that used some kind of natural process or biological being to appeal to both children and their parents who still valued the educational angle. Milton Levine returned from World War II as a broke GI with limited job prospects and a new French wife. And he was told that the best business for a veteran like himself was, for some reason, to produce either bobby pins or toys. So he opened a mail order business that specialized in novelty items like the spud gun and his hundred toy soldiers for a dollar, his balloon animal kits, and some rubber shrunken heads that were supposed to be hung from your rear view mirror. In 1956 alone, his company sold 800,000 sets of tiny toy cowboys, half a million balloon kits, and 1.5 million rubber shrunken heads. The idea for Uncle Milton's Ant Farm was born on a sunny 4th of July in the mid-1950s at Milton's sister's pool party. Sitting beside his new French wife on what we can only assume was a red checkered blanket spread out on the vivid green lawn beside a sparkling blue pool, Milton saw something out of the corner of his eye, a mound of meticulous black insects. He was struck with a deep memory, recalling the ants that he had collected in a jar as a child at his uncle's Pennsylvania farm. 
Right then and there, he began feverishly scribbling rough plans. And I bet his French wife was like, Oh no, Mitan, you cannot work. It is a holiday. The whole country is talking about the ant farm, the most interesting educational product ever developed. This is the ant farm, a fascinating living TV screen that will provide your family with hours of watching fun. Milton's ant farm design was a six by nine inch rectangular plastic display with enough room between the plastic panes to fill it halfway with the included pale colored dirt, allowing the top half to be visible so there could be one of those cute little painted farm scenes. The worker ants, when placed into the farm, would dig a series of visible interconnected tunnels right before the eyes of captivated children and adults alike. But of course, Milton needed a revolting number of ants, so he turned to his local community, printing ads in the newspaper offering a penny per insect. And people brought their ants, sometimes thousands at a time. But how do you mail order out something like this? Well, the plastic farm would be sent first with a little coupon to mail back, and then kids would have to wait for a vial containing approximately 25 to 30 ants, all for the low, low price of $1.98. Milton raked in $2 million during the height of ant farm mania, which would be about $22 million today. He appeared on Johnny Carson and Merv Griffin, one time explaining the life of an ant to beloved celebrity puppet Lamb Chop. For the most part, Milton Levine's Ant Farm ad copy was pretty honest, straightforward, albeit a little metaphorical. Educational. Fascinating. A living world of ants to watch and enjoy. Watching them construct their intricate highways and subways. Ant soldiers guarding their roads. But the future creator of Sea Monkeys would promote his biological novelty with a ridiculous hyperbolic poetry that somehow made his brine shrimp into American darlings and lasting American superstars. More after this. You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well, your spring can be a little more stress-free with Factor. Factor will provide you with delicious, never frozen, ready to eat gourmet meals that are chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. Each week, you get to choose from a menu of 35 options to create your perfect breakfast, lunch, or dinner with absolutely no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And Factor makes sure you get exactly what you want. You can tailor deliveries to your schedule and customize how many meals you want each and every week, and you can pause anytime. So just head to factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 and use code American and Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code American Hysteria 50 at factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And now, back to the show. Both children and adults will laugh and thrill with wonderful excitement as you watch the comic antics of these fantastic underwater buffoons. The most amazing sight you have ever seen. Imagine, just add water and instant life will hatch before your eyes. And that's just the start of the multitude of miracles that you will see when you own the most amazing pets ever to bring smiles, laughter, and joy to the American home. Directly inspired by Uncle Milton's Ant Farm, the mad inventor behind sea monkeys, Harold von Braunhut, always loved a gimmick. As a teenager in New York City, he was already a working magician, calling himself the Amazing Telepo. He would eventually drop out of Columbia University, instead focusing on a career as a talent agent for a man named Henry Lamoth, who was one of those one-piece striped bathing suit guys who jumped from a 40-foot diving board into a kiddie pool. Harold also allegedly drove a race car under the name the Green Hornet. One day, Harold, who was trying to break into the novelty toy industry, was in the fish section of a local pet shop when a tank full of tiny aquatic crustaceans typically used to feed pet fish caught his glimmering eye. He learned a pretty amazing fact about these unremarkable and unattractive swimming bugs. Brine shrimp eggs can live in a state of suspended animation called cryptobiosis, surviving both cold and hot conditions for up to two years, able to hatch very soon after being placed in salt water. Harold claimed that he spent several years in his weird workshop trying to perfect his formula, a mail order package and instructions that told the buyer to simply fill a container with water, pour in the first pouch called water purifier, wait 24 to 30 hours, and then pour in the pouch called instant life. Then, voila, before your eyes, your new best friends materialize, ready to, as the ad copy said, obey your commands. He called this product instant life, but like so much of what Harold did, it was a kind of sleight of hand. The trick was that the first pouch actually contained sea monkey eggs, not just water purifying nutrients. The second pouch contained more eggs, but also a blue dye that colored the water, making the brine shrimp that had already been growing for 24 to 30 hours more visible to the naked eye. In this way, it seemed like they appeared in an instant. But there was a problem with instant life. It wasn't selling, and Harold was not being taken seriously by the toy industry as a whole. The problem was that a recently failed product called Instant Fish had poisoned the well, so to speak. Whammo brings you Instant Fish. Instant Fish? Yes, Instant Fish, in a beautiful plastic Aquarama tank. You've never seen anything like this. It's unbelievable, but it's true. Sold at all toy, drug, and department stores. The Whammo Instant Fish. The toy company Whammo was a huge name at the time, responsible for the monumental 1958 hula hoop craze, as well as classic toys like the Whammo Slingshot, the Frisbee, and the Super Bowl. 
Similarly to sea monkeys, their early 60s novelty project called Instant Fish also used cryptobiosis to create the illusion of magic. As the CEOs discovered on a little trip to Africa, the East African killifish can live in dry conditions for long periods of time and hatch when placed back into water. But in one of the great corporate blunders of the 20th century, Whammo's instant fish seemed to instantly disappear because the team hadn't fully considered what would happen if millions of orders indeed came in, which they did. The killifish they used for breeding just could not produce eggs fast enough, and legend has it that in Whammo's desperation, the team started installing romantic lighting beside the tanks and playing sexy music. But in the end, there was nothing they could do. They had to refund $10 million in pre-orders, devastating the company and making them the laughing stock of the entire toy industry. So Harold's instant life already had the challenge of that negative association, both in name and in product description. And what it needed was a total reputational makeover. That abstract name, Instant Life, and the promise of growing brine shrimp, well, it didn't seem to engender tender feelings in potential customers. So it was up to the great American art of advertising and the great American advertising artist Harold Von Braunhut to make these little fuckers lovable. When talking about his moment of inspiration, Harold had this to say. I looked at these animals and they're the cutest things in the world. And I noticed they have little monkey-like tails. I said, those are cute little sea monkeys. So we checked the trademark register with my patent attorney, and he says, hey, there are no sea monkeys. So since there were no sea monkeys, Harold had to make them up. He leaned into the comic style to appeal to his child demographic, hiring DC comic artist Joe Orlando to perfect the iconic art that ran for decades. The image showed a mother, father, son, and daughter sea monkey as naked pink humanoid fish people with appendages on their heads that kind of looked like crowns but made of their own skin, the mom wearing a bow in her antenna, the dad's long monkey tail fin conveniently obscuring what would be his genital area. Beside that is a regular human family of the same demographics, beaming down at a fishbowl containing a mini version of the same image of the sea monkey family. The humans struck with wonder over these adorable pets for the whole family. That's when Harold started to really let his literary hair down painting his brine shrimp as nothing short of miraculous in his increasingly flamboyant ad copy. Hatch your own sea scamp circus. Amazing, incredible, but true. In just 24 hours, you can actually hatch your own sea scamp circus of tiny, live, deep sea shrimp that are more fun than a barrel of monkeys. They are, without a doubt, the most fun-loving pets you could ever own. They turn wild cartwheels while they swim, they fight, they even make love. They hold one another by the tail as they swim in beautiful formation. Both children and adults will thrill with wonderful excitement when they watch these miniature sea monkeys turn an ordinary water glass into a three-ring circus of their own. He went full blitz in the backs of comic books, buying over three million ads a year by his own estimation. 
His exaggeration knew no bounds, and in his 32-page handbook that accompanied the powder pouches, he claimed that the sea monkeys could be hypnotized, that they would obey your commands, and that they could even dance. Harold, always the magician, explained how these tricks really worked in his handbook. That brine shrimp naturally follow light, naturally swim against the current. Knowledge that could be used in creating the illusion of tiny little circus stunts. For the trick in which they follow a beam from a flashlight with, quote, almost military precision, you still really have to sell it. Here are the instructions given to kids by Harold. To prevent your audience from suspecting that the performance is automatic, you must establish a storyline in advance. The trick is to first issue a command and then make them appear to obey. From time to time, pretend to be talking to some disobedient sea monkey in particular. The make-believe conversation should sound something like, like this. No there, Flipper, you're out of line. Get behind puddles. No, no, not in front of her, behind her. Get back in line or I'll put you to bed without a banana. Oh, that reminds you of a joke you want to tell me? All right, let's hear it. And then put your ear to the glass as if listening. What do you feed a 2,000-pound sea monkey? Uh, I give up. What? Anything he wants! One big perk of being a sea monkey owner was that sea monkeys naturally make more sea monkeys, so the product really pays for itself. And so, a section of the manual is dedicated to sea monkey mating. One supplemental product offered by the company to encourage this procreation was called Cupid's Mating Powder. For those shy bachelor sea monkeys who fear marriage, this fabulous formula puts them in the mood for love. There are lots of stories out there on the internet of people catching their brine shrimp mating, attached in groups of two or three, or four, or even more. A recent article in The Guardian by Laura Snapes was titled, The Pet I'll Never Forget. I was so proud of my sea monkeys until their orgies repulsed me. In a 2004 blog post titled, Sea Monkeys Have Criminal Tendencies, the user writes, Quote, there were sea monkey orgies happening right before my eyes, males on males, multiple males on females, and even some females dying from the rough treatment of the males. After having witnessed that, I didn't want to play baseball or teach them tricks. They disgusted me. Here is an excerpt from a random message board in 2012 called the She Sea Monkey, written by one Monica Hayes. Quote, all was well for some time, but like in ancient Rome, the orgies became more and more violent. The carnal desires overcame any sense and wisdom. In addition to Cupid's arrow mating powder, there was a long list of other collectible accoutrements that you could order for your beautiful invertebrate babies. There was the Deluxe Microview Ocean Zoo, the Electric Ocean Zoo Showboat, Sea Monkey's Banana Treat, Sea Diamonds, Red Magic Sea Monkey Vitamins, and, of course, the amazing Sea Bubble Pendant. Expect everyone to gasp in awe and envy when they see you wearing the beautiful sea bubble with up to six live sea monkeys swimming inside among sparkling sea diamonds included. It's a mini aquarium on a long golden cord necklace that lets you safely take your favorite pets on a day of adventure. Oh, and this absurd series of sea monkey racetracks. They're alive. They're off on the amazing live sea monkey cycle race. They're alive. They're off on the amazing sea monkey fox hunt. They're alive. They're off on the amazing live sea monkey ski trials. The game real live sea monkeys play with you. They swim against the current that you create with your super sea monkey water pump. 
join in a thrilling downhill race, tackle a tricky slalom course, and take the big daredevil ski jump. You'll think they're almost human the way they respond to your strategy and skill. The Sea Monkey Ski Trials by TransScience, makers of amazing live sea monkeys. Before ant farms and sea monkeys, there had been other biological novelties, like Mexican jumping beans, pods that contained a larval form of a moth species that jumps around when disturbed, giving the appearance that the bean is moving on its own. There were the proto-chia pets. Their names were Patty O'Hare and Sunny Jim, and when watered, they grew both plant hair and eyebrows. Magic rocks used a process of crystal formation that created colorful crystalline towers within a few hours of dropping the rocks in the provided solution. Back in the early 1900s, the resurrection plant, also known as the Rose of Jericho, had a similar scientific magic to sea monkeys' cryptobiosis, as these lycopods are able to survive in a dormant state for years at a time and then bloom again. Their copy was not that far off from what Harold would write decades later. The miracle plant mentioned in the Bible, it never dies. The resurrection plant is one of nature's greatest curiosities. This wonder plant baffles all the skill of modern science. There is practically no way of estimating the age of these plants. It is believed they are capable of outliving the memory of mankind. After sea monkeys really took off in the late 1960s and early 70s, Harold continued to have other adventures into this biological novelty fad. The ad copy for his amazing hair-raising monsters went like this. Without a doubt, the most incredible biological wonder you have ever seen. As these monsters grow, they become so scary. They will make even your closest pals gasp in horror at the awful sight. These spooky, kooky things from another world change your ordinary living room into a living chamber of horrors that only the bravest souls will dare enter. These amazing hair-raising monsters were simply troll-like creatures printed on cardboard cards, their bald heads sprouting said mineral crystals when watered, making it look like they were growing green hair. It was quite unremarkable, and yet I want it. In the late 70s and early 80s, Harold was at it again with his smash hit, Crazy Crabs, penning what I consider to be his crowning achievement in ad copy. The new live pet sensation that's sweeping America. Millions astounded by friendly land crabs. As gentle as a pussycat, it lives on land instead of water, does not bite unless mishandled, and quickly gets to know its owner. Absolutely clean and odorless, it actually wears clothing, an empty snail shell that it changes like a costume, and is one of the longest-lived pets on Earth. A crab of amazing intelligence, a truly intelligent pet. Give it a name, such as Lil Caesar, Leapin' Linda, Fat Mimi, Happy Henry, Sandy Claus, Dippy Toes, Sexy Snooky, Tiny Tim, etc., and see how well it responds when you call it. It loves to be touched and petted, and enjoys running from hand to hand, swinging from your fingers, or just cuddling on your shoulder like an adorable tame parrot. But that's just the start of the fun that awaits you. You get instructions for playing four crazy crab races and games, including a baffling new magic trick called the Haunted Coffee Cup that uses a crazy crab as your assistant. To break the ice and make new friends, take your crazy crab with you and be the center of attention. And to create some real excitement, you can even customize it. Because it is a hermit crab, its shell is not its own and can be painted, covered with dazzling rhinestone jewels, or decorated any other way without harm. It looks so spectacular, you can proudly show it off, give it water, any kind of food, even cookies. And with good care, you can keep one alive for the rest of your life.
Though Harold stopped his disposable pet business at Crazy Crabs, others in the novelty business saw his success as a sign that maybe they could go even bigger. If you could send live ants, shrimp, and crabs through the mail, what else could you send? Beside the ads for sea monkeys, there were others for live pet seahorses, parrots, parakeets, turtles, kittens, donkeys, and raccoons. The copy making the bold declaration that the raccoon has always been and still is America's favorite pet. Beside a drawing of a skunk, another ad read, This is a skunk. Skunks make interesting, beautiful pets. They are descented. As you can imagine, these animals, far more sentient than brine shrimp or ants, were not treated humanely, sourced God only knows how, and then sent through the literal mail to kids with no idea what they were doing. It was a bad time. Perhaps the worst example were the comic book ads for mail-order monkeys, not sea monkeys, monkeys monkeys. The ads showed a drawing of the little creature sitting in a teacup or wearing a little shirt and sitting in the palm of a disembodied hand. According to some recollections posted as comments on blog posts or message boards, many kids sent away for these pets without the permission of their parents. These little guys would be shipped in a wooden container, not that much larger than a shoebox, with a small mesh window on the side, and many of those who ordered them were bitten as the monkeys burst out of their cages in a total panic, often making a run for the sliding glass door and disappearing into local forests, last seen swinging from the treetops. More after this. And now, back to the show. Beyond his living creations of sea monkeys and crazy crabs and amazing hair-raising monsters, Harold would also invent the iconic X-ray specs mentioned in the beginning of the episode, as well as aqua specs, which let the owner see right into water without the glare. And then the more controversial hypno-specs that just had spinning spirals on the lenses and yet promised that you could put people under a spell and control them. In his greatest bullshit, he marketed the invisible goldfish, selling a classic fishbowl, blue pebbles for the bottom, a plastic sea plant, a box full of special food, and a sign that said, do not Feed. As the ad copy read, your goldfish was guaranteed never to be seen. But it seems that there was another side to Harold von Braunhut, hidden behind his gruff quest for childhood whimsy. You see, Harold didn't just make toys for children, he also made weapons for adults. The Kyoga Steel Cobra, later called the Kyoga Agent M5, was described as a pen-sized, coil-springed weapon that unfurled a metal whip at the flick of a wrist that he claimed would work against muggers, a perfect alternative if, quote, you need a gun but can't get a license. His ad copy certainly mirrored his fantastical style, but this time for adults. You are secretly armed to the teeth. If you come under attack, the high-tension steel coils instantly lash out in a surprise counterattack. Firing from its nesting place inside the barrel, a full 17 inches of tempered steel strikes down your assailant with the force of a deadly cobra. Mere flesh and blood cannot stand up to the excruciating pain that follows, no matter where the steel coils make contact, even through a leather jacket. A blow directed at the head or jaw of the attacker can easily knock him out cold. 
The Kyoga was popularized by the 1981 film Sharky's Machine, wielded by Burt Reynolds' character. New York City banned the weapon in 1978, and not long after, Harold actually got himself arrested when he was caught carrying the weapon, but the case was thrown out. Ten years later, in 1988, a bombshell report dropped in the Washington Post, as well as the Spokane Spokesman Review, about the secret life of Harold von Braunhut. According to literature for an Aryan Nations fundraiser, $25 from each Kyoga Agent M5 sale was being donated to the defense fund of Richard Butler, the leader of the white supremacist organization who was facing a sedition charge for trying to overthrow the federal government. A brochure from the event said, quote, The manufacturer has made a pledge of $25 to my defense fund for each one sold to Aryan Nation's supporters. All whites are going to need all the protection they can get in the near future. The Kyoga closely resembled a retractable nightstick used by German police, including Nazi authorities. Butler called Harold not only a longtime friend, but also a, quote, member of the Aryan race who has supported us for quite a few years. He was even featured as an outstanding Aryan Nation leader during an Aryan Nations Congress in 1984. Court records from 1985 show that he let a Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan borrow $12,000 so that he could buy 83 illegal guns. Though Harold was not held accountable in the case, he was brought on as a witness, and the prosecutor stated that he was, quote, very cooperative and pleasant with us. He brought some of his little toys along. But things got considerably weirder. Reports by several newspapers and the Anti-Defamation League claimed that Harold von Braunhut was actually born Harold Nathan Braunhut, adding the von in order to make his name sound German instead of Jewish. He had hidden his Jewish upbringing almost completely, even becoming an ordained Catholic priest, presiding over the 1995 funeral of Richard Butler's wife in full Catholic regalia, years after the revelation of his Jewish heritage that the Aryan nations seemed to ignore since he was such a generous donor. Harold would not talk to journalists about the reports that he was Jewish and would rarely make statements about the neo-Nazi articles. Mostly, he waved reporters' questions away angrily, but he did publicly deny the claims on multiple occasions, vaguely referring to the accusations being retaliation for a land dispute. However, I also found some other racist stuff he said about Korean shop owners in an article that came out long before this supposed conspiracy. Despite the deeply cancelable nature of Harold's personal interests, sea monkeys managed to stay squeaky clean, though their revelations quietly lost him a distributor as well as some comic book ad space. But much of the toy business shook off those stories as nothing more than that, stories, with one company leader telling a journalist he didn't believe the accusations because the newsletters apparently made by Harold the White Supremacist were poorly written. And of course, Harold the Marketer knew how to write. But in the excerpts that I saw from his newsletter shared in an L.A. Times report, his writing is as flamboyant as the ad copy for Sea Monkeys. Quote, In the world of jewels and precious metals, only that which is pure, rare, and unalloyed is of the highest value. 
It's followed by more poetic language that is so vile that I cannot even consider repeating it. But it really does seem like it could have come from the same man prone to hyperbole. Exploratoys, who would become the de facto distributor of sea monkeys during their revamp in the 90s and 2000s, continued to work with Harold on the condition that he stop his public political activities, an agreement they said they were confident he had honored. So sea monkeys outlived their flamboyant fascistic creator who died in 2003, just a year after South Park would encapsulate that sea monkey experience, the expectation, the disappointment, the imagination that could still turn dirty little specks of shrimp into their own entire shimmering world. Beyond the associations with neo-Nazis, people have also questioned how sea monkeys have survived their own outrageous claims about their dolled-up brine shrimp. Why weren't they ever taken to task for false advertising? The U.S. Court of Appeals has long grappled with what they call puffery, which they differentiate from false advertising on the basis that, quote, it is not deceptive for no one would rely on its exaggerated claims. It's rhetoric that, quote, no reasonable buyer would take at face value. There have been official attempts at reining in the advertising poetry of Harold Brownhut. In 1973, New York's attorney general brought a lawsuit against Harold for fraudulent marketing, naming sea monkeys a, quote, cruel hoax. He specifically called out Harold's ad copy that told kids that they could, quote, raised dozens of sea monkeys that would be so big they would be equal to the size of exotic tropical fish, yet look like miniature monkeys. But whatever beef the attorney general had with the shrimps, the federal judge tasked with reviewing the case found it all comically melodramatic. In 1978, an incredulous eye fell again on the brine shrimp, as Michigan's Battle Creek Inquirer put it in their article title, Sea monkeys. Not cute. Sometimes dead. The Federal Trade Commission began their investigation into the ethics of comic book advertising. Quote, We ordered some. They arrived dead. They were brine shrimp and bore no resemblance to the gay, human-like, smiling faces, the cute little elves shown in the ads. And what did the dramatist Harold Brunhut have to say about this investigation? The FTC is nitpicking to a degree that will take all the romance and glamour out of the world. And that was the power of Harold Brownhut. He knew how to create romance and glamour around his products, how to create a mythology, an entire universe that orbited something unremarkable, able to elevate the mundane into the realm of the magical by promising the moon, by just plain old exaggeration. Whether he was writing exaggerated copy for children's novelties, exaggerated copy for adult weapons, or exaggerated copy about the supreme qualities of the white race. He also knew how to create different versions of himself, using different kinds of copywriting. The passionate toy maker, the badass weapon designer, the secret Aryan nation's darling. And perhaps we won't ever know the living product that was Harold Braunhut himself. The unremarkable truth under all of what he was trying to sell. 
At some point, we all grow up. We all learn that advertisers lie, no matter what they're trying to sell you. That they promise magic, coerce us into believing their bullshit through the power of words. And in many ways, that can be dangerous. So maybe the great disappointment of the sea monkey reality is a lesson that has to be learned as a child, and probably again as an adult and again. Now, I think it's important to note that there are sea monkey fans out there who find the brine shrimp fascinating on their own merit, all the trappings of American advertising puffery aside. And it's true. Like all beings, they're little miracles of life, and they do have a very special ability to essentially rise from the dead. The females, if necessary, can reproduce with no assistance from the males. <laughs> they do follow light and swim against currents, and sometimes it does look like they can dance. But by and large, when you offer kids tiny monkeys and you deliver microscopic shrimp, well, you've set those poor specks up for failure. And when you surround millions of tiny crustaceans with all the capitalistic, anthropomorphic, collectible accoutrements that they could never, ever need, well, then you make it weird. Despite the built-in disappointment of sea monkeys, it has been the nostalgia of generations of disappointed kids turned adults that have brought the craze back each decade. Millions of parents have let those creepy microscopic shrimp breed yet again in the corner of their own kids' bedrooms, growing that one bulging eye, scurrying through the water with their thousand freaky fins, having their Roman-esque orgies, shooting down plastic ski racetracks, trapped in a pendant necklace like some kind of curse. Since I can't remember my time with sea monkeys, I'll use my imagination. I see myself as a kid looking down to check on my fantastical underwater buffoons, those two slimy, tiny, grayish shrimp stored in the water bubble of my amazing live sea monkeys real aquarium wristwatch. In my first moment of mature, cynical clarity, I look up and think, yeah, you know what? This is a weird time. This was American Hysteria. We want to give a special thank you to Rod Rodriguez of Clear Camo Studios, who has been a part of our show since the very beginning. He's moving on to different things, but we want you to know, Rod, that we appreciate everything that you've done for us and that you are a part of our very DNA and always will be. Thank you so much for everything. In case you haven't heard, we have new merch available at AmericanHysteria.com in our Folk Devils United series. Definitely check out our t-shirts, baseball tees, and tote bags, and you can become an official scapegoat against scapegoating. That's AmericanHysteria.com. You can also become a patron of our show by heading to patreon.com slash American Hysteria or by subscribing on Apple Plus. You'll get ad-free episodes as well as bonus content, like the talk show that I do with our producer Miranda, where we tell you stories that were left out of the episode or stories that relate to the topic. We also give you a behind-the-scenes look and share a lot more of our personal feelings than we ever would on the main show. That's patreon.com slash American Hysteria or subscribe on Apple Plus. American Hysteria is written, produced, and hosted by me, Chelsea Weber-Smith. Our sound designer for this episode is Dear Clear Como Studios. Our research assistant is Riley Swadelius-Smith. Our producer is Miranda Zickler. And our voice actor is Will Rogers. And what a job he did. 
thanks, as always, for listening. And may all your brine shrimp be sea monkeys. Happy holidays, and I hope you have a great week. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com